Good morning, ladies. It is so good to see you this morning after our break, and it's been so nice to meet some of you who are visiting with us this morning. This is such a powerful, powerful chapter that we're studying this week in John 12. So if you don't have your Bibles open yet, open your Bibles to John 12, because we are reading six days before Jesus is going to go to the cross. We are on the countdown to Jesus' death. And the thing that is amazing is that almost 50% of John is going to be on the last six days of Jesus's life. I don't know if you've noticed, but there are a lot of passages about Jesus and his miracles and his teachings and details that Matthew, Mark, Luke include that John does not include. But it's because John, led by the Holy Spirit, was led to emphasize more into his very final six days. I'm glad you're here because this is a chapter where Jesus begins teaching you and me about brokenness. Have you ever been broken? Have you ever felt broken? Have you ever been at your wit's end? Have you ever thought, God, what is going on? Or Lord, I can't do this anymore. This is a transparent glimpse into the life of Jesus to see what it looks like when we're faced with horribly difficult circumstances and we're having to make a choice or maybe we're not given a choice and life is thrown at us in a way that we don't even want it but there we are Jesus is talking about brokenness this passage is about brokenness Mary breaking the alabaster box so that the fragrance that would anoint him in preparation of his burial, would be released on Jesus, on her, and even fill the room. This is a book that talks about the seed, the grain of wheat that has to be smashed, that has to be broken, so that then it can be dispersed, and in the soil, it can grow into more. And this is the week it is talking about you being broken, me being broken, and yes, we have a choice when the difficulties of life confront us and the challenges, and we want to turn the other way and escape, whether it be through divorce or a bottle of alcohol or eating ourselves to death or consuming enough TV or hitting the buy button on Amazon till our finger, fingers are purple just to escape what we are going through. This is about how instead the Lord Jesus Christ has called you he has called every single one of you into this room, into this sanctuary, this morning, on this day of this year, because he has chosen you. He has chosen you to be a fragrant aroma of him among those whom the Bible describes are perishing. So let's look. We'll pray in just a moment, but I want to look first at the very first few verses in this passage, because we're going to see how Jesus, who John describes as tabernacling among men, as living among men, if you remember in John 1, John wrote and he said, Jesus lived, he tabernacled, he lived among men. We are going to see now, as we enter into these passages, look deeper than the words on the pages, we are going to see how Mary is the only one 
who has been sitting and listening closely enough at Jesus' feet to realize that he is getting ready to die. And so she, as a priest, takes oil, and as to him who has tabernacled among men, God, and she is going to take the oil that she has that had been given her most likely as a diary, and she is going to put the oil as a priest would in the tabernacle. She is going to put the oil on Jesus, who is the tabernacle of God among men. And at the end of the chapter, Jesus is going to explain he is the light. As you know, the light, the menorah, was in the temple. Over 300 prophecies are fulfilled in Jesus. So you and I can dig deep. We can look intently to understand the many, many layers of the scriptures. And then we can, most importantly, take home what the Lord Jesus is wanting to do in our lives. So let's begin. Mary anoints Jesus' feet with perfume in preparation for his burial. Therefore, six days before the Passover came, they came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they made him a supper there. And we are told, friends, in Matthew 26, 6, that this was actually being hosted at the home of Simon the leper, whom Jesus had healed. And this is, in fact, a celebration of life. Many of us today have celebrations of life. What they are doing is they are honoring Jesus, and they are having a celebration of life. So let's go to the Heavenly Father. And let's pray and ask him as we close our eyes and we go before him to teach us, to pour into us so that we might let him then pour out of us on others. Heavenly Father, thank you for the example of Mary. Thank you that in looking at her life, we can understand how important our intimacy with you is. Father, I pray that as we see her unselfish, her willingness to give you what would have been her livelihood, that Father, we would be women who are unselfish and live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we look at this passage and we think about Mary, coming. We find Mary where she always is. She is at Jesus's feet. In that day and in that time, they didn't sit at a table or a bar with their feet on the ground. They had reclined instead on, on pillows, and their feet were behind them, and they ate. They were propped up, and, and then they would eat with their hand. And we know that Martha is the one who typically does the serving, and Mary is the one who is at Jesus' feet. We know this because Martha has complained about it before. And so we find here that Mar Mary brings something, and it was not spontaneous because they were at Simon's house. So this was something that she would have premeditated doing. We don't know if she talked to Martha about it. We don't know if she talked with anybody else about it. 
I think probably she didn't. I think this was probably something that was coming out of her heart, her wanting to do. The thing that was so incredibly unusual was that the feet of people coming in the house were washed by the servants. But this wasn't enough for Mary. It wasn't enough for her to be at his feet listening. She wanted to do something for him. She wanted to do something for him. And that begs me to ask, do we want to do something? Do we want to do something for Jesus? Because Mary brought the most valuable thing that she had, her livelihood. But he had brought her brother back to life. He had promised them resurrection life. And so she comes with her alabaster box and she breaks it. And I don't know if she did it privately. I don't know if it was difficult to break. I don't know what it took for her to do it. I don't know if she had to go seek something. Perhaps she did. But she got it. And she got that vial. And she took it. And the aroma of that vial filled the room. But friends, do you realize that as she poured that vial on his on his feet, and as she bent down, and as she wiped his feet, and she wiped it with her hair, that not only the fragrance of what she had done of her love was on Jesus' feet, but as she rose, and as she served, and as she carried, that if she did, and as she went around the room, that fragrance that was on her and on her hair, and I guarantee you she didn't wash it, but that fragrance that was on her that she had spilled out continued then to be carried to others. And friends, that is what you and I have the opportunity to do. We have the opportunity to carry the fragrance of Christ to others. And so I ask again, is our life just for what we can live, just for what we can get out of it? Or will we be as Mary? Because Mary is the one whose work, whose service, Jesus said, would be remembered. As we keep reading, Judas, verse 4, Iscariot, one of the disciples who was intending to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Not because he cared about the poor. He was a thief, which Jesus knew. And he had the money, money box and used to pilfer what was put into it. Therefore, Jesus said, let her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, 
but you do not always have me. I want us to look at several points here. And this is that. You might want to write these verses down. Exodus 37, 29. God instructed Moses to make holy anointing oil, pure fragrant incense of spices, the work of a perfumer. Second Chronicles 13, 11, every morning and evening, they burned to the Lord burnt offerings and fragrant incense and the showbread and the golden lampstand with its lamps is ready to light every morning for we keep the charge of our Lord, our God. Revelation 21, 3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is among men and he will dwell among them and they shall be his people. Second Corinthians 2, 15 through 17. We are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing to one an aroma from death to death, the other an aroma for life to life. Ephesians 5, 2, and walk in love. Just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God is a fragrant aroma. Our lives are to be a fragrant aroma. We see in verses 1 through 2 as Martha is serving the food and Mary is sacrificially giving her all. That your gift, service, deeds for Jesus will be different from one another. Jesus sees what you're doing for him. He remembers and he rewards. In my end time study, I did a great deal of studying about God's remembering what you have done and the rewards that he gives you. It is not insignificant that Jesus said in the Matthew passage that what Mary did for him would be remembered throughout the world for all generations. And today, we're talking about Mary, aren't we? What you do is significant beyond what you know. And this was done at a small gathering, a private dinner party. So your private dinner party, when you speak up for Christ, your private going with a few friends to go sing in a nursing home, your private time where it's just you and Jesus. Friends, this is where, and I've told you so many times, this is where at Jesus' feet with your Bible open, with you pouring out your heart, and then with him pouring his Holy Spirit in and through you, that's where the fragrance comes from. That's where the fragrance of Christ comes from so that when you're at the store, wherever you are, you are able to live a celebration of life. You are able to live a resurrection life. You are able to not be just thinking about yourself, but you're thinking about the woman at the counter. You're thinking about that person who is standing before you. I am not a chit chatter. You know, ask my sister. <laughs> I am not a chit-chatter. 
And in meeting somebody new, I'm not, a, and I'm not a real outgoing person, which you wouldn't believe based on when I'm teaching, but I tend to be more quiet. At Dollar Tree last week, when I was buying pens for our new Sunday school class, this woman looked over and she said, oh, I like your boots. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> you know, that's enough. We don't need to talk about anything else. We ended up standing at Dollar Tree for 30 minutes. But the thing is, when, we, when it's Christ living in us, we don't have to be the same as us. You understand what I mean? Because Christ is living his life through us. We may find ourselves chit-chatting with somebody in order to visit with them about Christ. The Lord remembers what we do in his name. And the second thing that we see is extravagant love for and intimacy with Jesus is a beautiful fragrance. Wear it daily. Don't leave home without the fragrance of Christ being poured through you. We see that the release of the Spirit in one's life comes only through brokenness and selfless abandonment to Jesus. Yes, you may look a little bit like a fool sometime. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? If, in fact, Jesus can and wants to speak to one person. We see in verses four through seven this warning that unbelievers and carnal Christians will never understand extravagant love and worship. Do it anyway. We see in verses six through eight that Jesus has your back, not the devil. Gets the last word, Jesus did, does. And in Revelation 20:10, we see how Jesus throws the devil into the lake of fire. Jesus has the last word. Can I hear an amen? Could I hear a louder amen? amen? Amen is right. In our next verses, 9 through 11, we see that the more you hear and respond to Christ's voice and walk in resurrection life, the more you'll draw people like a magnet to you to either receive or reject Jesus. People wanted to see what Jesus had done in Lazarus. It tells us here in this verse, a large crowd of the Jews learned that Lazarus was there and they came not only for Jesus' sake, but that they might also see Lazarus whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests planned to put Lazarus to death also because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and were believing in Jesus. So when you have the life of Christ in you and you are not ashamed, there are going to be people who are drawn to you like a magnet to see, to learn, to hear what you have to explain about Jesus in your life and the hope you have and why are you are able to have a joy and why you are able to have a peace in the midst of your circumstance. And that is good. And there are also going to be people who come to see and they, re they reject. We know this if you have been having Christ live through you. Here's my encouragement. Let people see what Jesus is doing in you. Let them see. Do not be ashamed, let them see. Because Jesus said, if any man's going to come after him, he must die to self. In verses 12 through 19, you know this, this is Palm Sunday. Friends, people are shouting as Jesus rides in on this donkey in fulfillment of Zechariah 9, 9. 
He is coming as the Prince of Peace. And the people are shouting, God save us. And they're talking to the right person. But as Jesus is coming into Bethlehem, is coming into Jerusalem from Bethlehem on that very day. So are 260,000, 265,000 lambs. This is the day of lambs. And the lambs who have been being, who have been birthed and raised in the Bethlehem fields by shepherds that were set aside to raise these ewes, they were lambs, they are being raised for sacrifice. And Jesus was born for sacrifice. As you read these next verses and passages and chapters, friends, keep your eyes open. You are seeing the fulfillment of prophecy. The lambs are eh, eh, going along here. And here is Jesus, the Lamb of God, in the midst of these herds of, of sheep being prepared. And they will be there for a week is what was the custom and the law for them to be there. And the, in addition to the fact that they had been raised specifically to die as Jesus... For the atonement of sins, to pay for our sins, to cover our sins. In the same way, they had to once again be inspected before they were accepted as a sacrificial lamb. And Jesus is going to be standing before the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And finally, Pilate. And he is going to be being scourged and inspected. And the final result, you know what Pilate will say is what? I find no guilt in him. He is the perfect lamb of God. He is the perfect lamb of God. He is the exact Passover lamb that was set apart from the Egyptian days where the Israelites left Egypt. And in order for the angel of death not to kill their firstborn son, the Israelites were instructed to take a lamb, use the blood, put the blood above the doorpost, on the doorpost. And when the angel of death passed over and saw the blood on the doorpost, the people in that home, the firstborn would not be killed. And so Jesus, the Passover lamb, will be killed and his blood put on the cross, the wooden beam. It's our sacrifice. This is not a fairy tale. This is, this is truth. This is life. It is eternal life. In 2350, Jesus announces finally his hour has come. This is the hour of his death. It's the hour uh, that he will take on our sins and be crucified and die. He will be buried and eventually be raised. Our sixth point is that God honors you. If you die to self and bear much fruit serving Jesus, I, I want you to look at just a couple of verses. We can't read them all, but in John 12, verse 19 and 20, the Pharisees said to one another, you see, you are not doing any good. Look, the world has gone after him. The Pharisees were so angry. They did not recognize the Lamb of God. And they said prophetically, the whole world has gone after him. You know John 3.16, for God so loved the world. Verse 29, now there were some Greeks among those who were going up to worship at the feast. 
the Pharisees and the Sadducees had seen that not just the Jews were going to Jesus, but others were also. That's why they said the whole world. And so when these Greeks came to Philip and said, we wish to see Jesus, that's why Jesus said, the hour has come. The hour has come. It's now. It's now for me to go ahead and do this thing for the whole world, for the Greeks, for the Jews, for all people. And of course, you know these verses that about the grain of wheat that it must die because if it does, it bears much fruit. Verse 26, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. Our sixth point is God honors you. Think about that. God honoring you. I think about Marilyn Ryan here and how she teaches a neighborhood Bible study. That is God honoring. I think about the rest of you that I know and all that you do for the sake of Christ. That is God honoring. And he sees every minute that you pour into losing your life for his sake to bring others into the kingdom. Skip over to verse 43 because we have a counter from people who lose their life for the sake of Christ. We have in verse 40, actually 42, it says, nevertheless, many even of the rulers believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him for fear. They would be put out of the synagogue, verse 43. For they loved the approval of men rather than the approval of God. God honors you when you choose the approval of God over the approval of men. Our seventh point in verses 20 through 20, I'm sorry, John 12, 20 through 50, is you can be in the center of God's purpose for your life and your soul be troubled. Look at this verse here in verse 27. Jesus is in the center of God's will. He is fulfilling prophecy. And he says, now my soul has become troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Oh, friends. We must understand brokenness. So the release of the spirit and the aroma of Christ is known through our lives, but we must also understand that we can be in the center of God's will and it not be comfortable. And our soul, as a matter of fact, be troubled. So here is what's important because believers most likely will be faced with the choice of one of two prayers in our lives. And this is it. Which one will you pray? Father, save me from suffering for doing your will or Father, glorify your name. Our ninth point is God speaks from heaven for our sake. Learn to recognize his voice. <laughs> Oh, friends, there's so many believers, and I know I have missed it. 
when the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me. But it's just the sweetest thing. And it's just like a, it's just like a, a relationship with a person that you're walking with and you're talking to and you learn their voice. If you don't know the voice of God, learn his voice. You can. When I joined women's Bible study in the leaders meeting, I would, people would be praying. The leaders all go around the circle and pray and one would pray and I'd be like, who is that? And then I'd hear another voice praying. I'd be like, who is that? And then I'd hear somebody else praying. I'd be like, who is that? I don't have to look up now. I know Laura's voice from Lainey's voice, from Pat's voice, from Judy's voice. We can learn to distinguish God's voice. And it is so important because he speaks to us. He speaks to us. He tells us what to do. He tells us what to say. He tells us where to go. He tells us when to do it. And the 10th point is judgment is on the world and the ruler of this world, the devil, will be cast out, as I've already told you and shared with you. Our 11th point from verses 35 through 36, while you have the light, believe in the light so that you may become sons of light. It is appointed once to die and after this, the judgment. And finally, our 12th point, he who sees Jesus sees the father who sent him. We leave with this encouragement. One, I can understand my brokenness is an opportunity for the fragrance of Christ to spill forth from my life as I stay at his feet. I can be assured Jesus has my back and he will tell the devil at some point after I have been tempted enough to strengthen me or for whatever purpose, he, he will tell the devil, leave her alone. And he has done that for me and he will do it for you. Three, I can glorify God. That's amazing to think that our fallen human being, flesh and blood, can glorify God. But if there's any way to do it, I want to do it. And I know you do too. And four, I can learn the voice of God and walk in his light as a daughter of light. As I was preparing for this lesson, the Lord led me to put my thoughts in poetry form as I have sometimes done in the past. And I close with this, the Father glorify. Two wanted men, Jesus and Lazarus, two wanted men had dinner at Simon the leper's one night. The presence of closest friends eased their fearful plight. Martha served dinner using her gift of hospitality Mary on her knees worshiped Jesus, anointing his feet. Each person in Christ's presence held an important different role. Isn't that how our life is? Recorded in heaven's book, we're told. Where would we be that evening? But wait, there's Judas there too. His eye on Mary's perfume and if sold, the money and what he'd do. Mary, Martha, Judas, Lazarus, who the Jews wanted to kill. 
their actions, words before us, but what purpose did they feel? Even so, we are in the story being written in God's book, for the Savior of the Gospels watches, seeing how we look. Are we Martha doing good works or Mary at Jesus' feet? Are we Lazarus, Jesus' friend, or Judah, secret thief? What purpose do we feel as our days go flying by? Do you know your purpose, friend, is to God glorify? Father, thank you for telling us our purpose is to glorify you. And we can do it in the most common mundane ways, but by first making sure that we are filled with your spirit and we, Lord, are broken for your sake as that alabaster box, as that perfume, as that seed, so that you can live your life in and through us and bring many souls into your kingdom of glory for eternity. Use us in Jesus' name. Amen.